Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Crowd Noise Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Stephen Martinez. On a Thursday, August 15th, 2019. Uh, tomorrow will officially be two weeks away from our one-year anniversary. I cannot, I can't believe it. It's already a, a full calendar year, not just one season um, of Crowd Noise, but an entire calendar year. It's unbelievable went by so quickly so uh we have that in two weeks from tomorrow so that'll be uh tons of fun i'm thinking about uh actually making some crowd noise quote unquote merch uh and when i say merch i don't mean like anything that's actually cool like a like a hoodie or long sleeves or or shorts or anything like that i'm talking like stickers or like pencils that change colors depending on the temperature of your hand. You know, stuff like that, uh, really cheap stuff because uh, we got demonetized uh, months ago. But uh, it's it's merch nonetheless. And if you behave, you'll have some of that merch heading your way. So uh, we have that to look forward to. Uh, next week in one week due time, our official crowd noise college football preview is back. Thank the heavens that football is actually back and that there's no more. This is the last week today, August 15th, 2019. It's the last day that we have to put up with this god-awful content that doesn't do anything for anybody. It's the last day. So while I am kind of discouraged because I'm a, you're going to you're going to I mean get ready. If you're going to stick around for the rest of the episode, you're going to see we're reaching for content today. However, next week it's back it's right back to the grind. From August, what, 22nd all the way till roughly next year? Because uh, um, we're going to have content every single week. Because you have college football, the week after that, NFL football starts, and a few months after that. I mean, in the regular season, you're, there's, ne- there's no shortage uh, of stories and games to pick. And then NBA comes back, and that's going to be tons of fun. Um, and so we'll, we'll, we're set. We're set from now until like June next year. So just, just today. We just got to get through today, and next week is going to be tons of fun. I'm going to be picking conference champions of the Power 5 conferences next week. That'll be August 22nd. The week after that, uh, we are going to be picking from those Power 5 teams, we're going to be picking the playoff teams and the national champion. Uh, We're not going to do it. We're not going to do it all in one shot. Only because I'd like to split it up and have two segments for two weeks rather than just one big fat section where we can't really cover everything we want to. Uh, for one episode, because then what are we going to do the next week over? So we're going to break it off into two weeks for two episodes, and that way we can get a little bit more in depth, uh, rather than just talk about one big fat you know subject. We get to split it off and maybe get a little bit more in detail. So next week will be tons of fun. The week after that will be tons of fun. Uh, actually, that that uh, will be that'll be our one year anniversary, and that will be on a Friday, August thirtieth. So in two weeks' time, it will not be. Uh, Crowd Noise on a Thursday, it'll be a Friday edition, our one-year anniversary edition of the Crowd Noise podcast. And then after that, we'll be back on a Thursday, September 5th, football's officially back. It'll be week one. So you know that's going to be a fun episode. That'll be a full, entire, 100% NFL preview. We're going to pick that Thursday night game. I don't even know who it is. Oh, it's the Packers and the Bears. I do know who it is. Packers and the Bears, Thursday night football, the, the unofficial, official kickoff for the 2019-2020 season. We're going to be picking division winners. We're going to be doing a playoff bracket. We're going to pick our Super Bowl. All that good stuff. We're going to pack it into one show. 
because we are slightly hypocritical. We're going to break out the college preview into two episodes, but the NFL preview, we're going to cram it into one hour. So uh, we have we have a fun three weeks ahead of us. It's going to be tons of fun. And really, we have a fun five, six, seven months ahead of us because it's going to be lots of fun talking football, postseason baseball, basketball, then postseason football, and then uh, postseason basketball after that. It's, I mean, we, we got a, a fun stretch ahead. But we got to get through today. It's the last day of the official, I guess, dog days of the Crowd Noise podcast. We just got to get through today. And so here's what we have on tap uh, now that we finished our um, itinerary, I guess, for the next uh, six months. Uh, the Oakland Raiders, the favorite football team of the Crowd Noise podcast. They No shortage of content there. If you haven't watched Hard Knocks, I invite you to get a free trial of HBO now. It's like a stream it's a streaming service. It's like Netflix, but it's specifically HBO. Get a free trial. Um recycle your credit card. Um, you know, just keep renewing or cancel that free trial once it's over and then get another one and put like in a, a different name or whatever. You got to watch Hard Knocks. These first two episodes I, I, I can't get enough. They're so much fun. And you know how much the Crowd Noise podcast loves the Oakland Raiders. I mean, they just provide so much content for me. They make it almost too easy. And uh, so we're going to be talking about the Raiders in the first two weeks of Hard Knocks. And we're not just going to be breaking down the show. It actually provides um, an inside look at what it's like to be inside the Oakland Raiders facility, which is a lot more fun than it sounds like. It's more fun to be on the outside looking in than it actually is to be in. Because I don't know how much fun I'd be having if I was wearing an Oakland Raiders uniform. But it is a lot of fun to watch other people play for the Oakland Raiders. So Hard Knocks has been fantastic. We're going to talk about that. Um, Fantasy first round. A lot of you guys are starting off in fantasy leagues. Uh, The Crowd Noise League. It's not what it's called, but I'm just going to call it that for now. Starts up next week. I'll be drafting on Saturday, uh, August 24th. So next, next Saturday. In one week. So a lot of leagues are starting up, the drafts are getting going, and uh, I'm seeing a lot of similarities. Uh, you know, there's some, not every league is the same, but I'm going to help you through the first round. I'm going to take you through the first round, I'm going to break it down pick by pick, and then we'll kind of help you, give you a little bit of uh, a life preserver for that second round, because the first and second round kind of leak into each other, and then after that it's a crapshoot, and then everyone kind of, you know, uh, goes their own ways, depending, depending on how good or bad you are. Uh, in drafting your fantasy team so whoever's left over in that first round we're going to tell you the leakage that comes into that second round you might be surprised uh, at the some of the people who go in the first round uh, and it's pretty common this is who not this is not a ranking I cannot stress this enough this is not a ranking of players this is sort of a projection slash mock draft kind of abstract concept of what your first round may and probably will look like this is what a lot of first rounds are looking like, and I'm going to help you get through it. Because if you have an idea of what's coming, you know how to prepare, right? You know what's coming in that first round. It gives you a better idea of what to look for in the second round, and then you're going to be much more prepared because you have your two top dogs after that, and then you can kind of scheme uh, and plot your way through the later rounds of the draft. We'll have that, and then we have the quote of the week. We have a good one. We have, and I'm excited. I, I am really, truly excited for this quote of the week. Um, it's a fellow psychic. He is a part of the fraternity, so I'm just going to leave it at that. And I just want to say, we have more crowd noise padding of the back 
on tap because uh, I got to say, I was right again. So stick around for the end of the show for that. So let's go ahead and get right into it. The Oakland Raiders are on Hard Knocks. You may or may not have heard it. And if you have not seen it, episode one is on YouTube now for free. You can watch that one. It's it's free. It's on YouTube. Just go on there, Hard Knocks Raiders. And it's right there. It's a full episode, the first one. I'm not sure about the second one, though I doubt it. I think they put the first one on there to kind of garner interest and get people to buy uh, HBO with their TV provider. Uh, but you don't have to do that. Like I said, I'll give you the inside scoop here at Crowd Noise. Just get the free trial of HBO now and you can watch all the episodes for the next, you know, you just got it. You just need it for a month, right? You just need it until like September, like three, four more weeks. So, um, you know, just keep, just keep recycling out the free trials. Uh, the first episode on YouTube. Um, it's, it's must, it's must, must watch television. It's so good that I'm losing the capacity to speak because I haven't, I haven't spoken in a long time because I'm just sitting in front of the TV with my eyes glued to the screen. I can't take my eyes off of it. This last episode was not great. But ironically, in its ungreatness, it was actually pretty good in a very Oakland Raiders type of way. Uh, Antonio Brown was absent for the entire episode, which is a bummer because you want to see Mr. Big Chest out on the field and just being obnoxious. I mean, it makes for good reality television. Um, But the reason he was not there is because Mr. Big Chest was being obnoxious and mouthy. Uh, I'm sure you've already heard. This is already like old news. Um, Antonio Brown threatened to retire from the game of football if he could not wear his, I guess, um, particular helmet, the one that he is, uh, uh, I, don't, I don't even know, the, one that, the helmet that he loves, he loves to wear, his, his helmet was deemed unsafe by the NFL and therefore banned. And so Antonio Brown's response was to say, you can't ban me because I quit. And so that provided, and of course, two weeks ago, we got the Peterman quote. And then last week, Nathan Peterman goes off in preseason week one. He was a superhero. They showed him in slow motion. Oh my God, it was just so much. It was, it was, it was really just poetry. They showed Nathan Peterman running down the field for a 60-yard run. He's in slow motion. The music is playing. They're showing different cuts and angles. He's juking people out. Oh my, it was, it was a movie. It was, it was beautiful. And in that same episode... Or that same week, really, we get the helmet madness of Antonio Brown. And I'm just still, I'm telling you, it's so much fun to watch the Raiders because they're so bad at what they do. And I said it last week or two weeks ago when we were talking about the Peter Man. Um, people love catastrophe, right? Instinctively. It doesn't sound great. I mean, hearing that sounds like, what did this guy just say? This? I mean, it sounds like a bad quote, but instinctively, we like disaster. We do. Naturally, we're drawn to fire, which is probably the greatest threat to our, our species. Is, I mean, if your house burns down and you're in it, you're going to die. I mean, that's still to this day. We have adapted and evolved over thousands and thousands of years, and yet we're still attracted and threatened by fire. We are. Um, we like to watch the Zeppelin fall out of the sky we're naturally drawn to catastrophe. And so that's why I love the Oakland Raiders. As a podcaster, they have become my favorite football team to talk about because they're a joke. They really are just a circus. And I hope John Gruden 
is uh, not and will never hear this ever because John Gruden is a terrifying human being. And uh, during the last episode of Hard Knocks, he was talking about how angry uh, he is at the media for not expecting quite much of anything from the Oakland Raiders. And I, uh, I kind of sunk into my seat a little bit because I felt like he was taking shots at me, which he absolutely wasn't because John Gruden doesn't even know that I'm a person. But uh, I don't want it to escalate to that point. I sincerely hope no one is sending this this episode to John Gruden because he will absolutely come to my house and kick my teeth in. Um, and I just it's still at this point. And he's a coach. He's a head coach. He's got he's got to sell the room on hey everyone's against us. Uh, it's us against the world. We're the underdogs. We got a chip on our shoulder. We know how good we are. The Raiders are not a good football team. Okay, I'm just gonna tell you right now, they are not a good football team. I don't understand how anyone could have any sort of expectations from them in any capacity, unless your expectations are a quote-unquote lottery pick and they're a top three pick in next year's draft because they're going to be awful. I can tell you right now, the Raiders are going to be awful. And it's going to be fun. We're going to have a lot of fun watching these guys implode before our very eyes because already, case in point, the season hasn't even started. And this was before the first preseason game the first preseason game has already coming uh coming gone but this incident took place before even the first preseason game i'm talking about antonio brown and his feet i'm not going to hold that against him because he was recuperating he wasn't a cryo tank um so i'm not going to bag on him for that but i will bag on him for the helmet thing this is ridiculous this is already becoming a sideshow and it was before the first practice scrimmage preseason. Are you kidding me? And this is a team that you expect to do some damage in the AFC? A team that you expect to be a dark horse to win their division? Are you kidding me? Just look at the teams of their divisions. I mean, they have monsters top to bottom. Chiefs, Pat Mahomes, Andy Reid. We already know what you got there. Chargers, who I think honestly are going to win the division. I'd pick them over the Chiefs right now. I think the Chargers are a deeper, th- deeper team than the Chiefs. And you have the Broncos, who aren't necessarily a threat to win the division, but they are no pushover. The Denver Broncos are a solid team and a first-class organization. The polar opposite of the Oakland Raiders. So what happens when you lose two out of three to start the season? Or what happens when you get fall into a slump and you just lose three out of four? How's Antonio Brown going to take that? How is Derek Carr going to handle the media? And to his credit, Derek Carr is one of, uh, he's one of the, the more inclined, I guess, or the more equipped to handle media attention. And again, I mean, I'm, I'm not falling into the hard knocks trap of overhype. But watching Derek Carr, the way he conducts himself as a football player, as a teammate, and as an ambassador to the Oakland Raiders, the way he speaks to the media, it's just first class. Derek Carr is a great guy and a great player. But he has never had the attention that he is going to have this upcoming season. Number one, because of hard knocks and teams always pay attention, or just fans in in general and the media always pay attention to the teams that were on hard knocks during that preseason. And number two, because he has Mr. Big Chest on his team. How is he going to handle? Because it's it's incoming. It's inevitable. Antonio Brown, this is not the end of it. And he's already said, I'm going to work with the helmet company in the NFLPA 
to reach an agreement, whatever. I can't wait to get back on the field, blah, 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 blah. So they're going to fix that. That's, for all intents and purposes, that's done. The helmet thing. But it was unnecessary. Aaron Rodgers didn't want to do it, but he did it because he's an adult. Tom Brady didn't want to do it, but he did it because he's an adult. Their helmets were also deemed deemed unsafe, but they moved on because they're adults and they're Super Bowl champions. And they are true leaders of the locker room. They didn't like it, but they did it because they're grown-ups. That's what they do. This is not the last Antonio Brown tantrum. This is not the last time we're going to hear about the Oakland Raiders that has something else to do, that has nothing to do really with the game of football. And I can't wait. I cannot wait to see the Zeppelin fall out of the sky. And this isn't even the Zeppelin. Honestly, if we're comparing aircrafts to football teams, The Oakland Raiders are like the Wright Brothers' first experiment. This is the very first try ever at making an aircraft. They're not even the Zeppelin because the Zeppelin was supposed to be a spectacle. It was like the Titanic of planes or aircrafts, and it it completely burned out of the sky. You can go look that up on YouTube. It's worth a history lesson. The Raiders are like the Wright Brothers. They have no idea what they're doing currently. They have really no direction. And we're all going to come back. We're all going to watch them repeatedly implode but unlike the Wright brothers I have no faith that the Oakland Raiders are going to figure this out what I figured out already is the first round of your fantasy football draft quite frankly maybe more important uh, to you your fantasy team than maybe an actual multi-million dollar if not billion dollar organization like the Oakland Raiders because that's how I feel I take my fantasy team my fantasy league more seriously than I actually I take actually real football that's just me because I can actually control what I do with my fantasy team I cannot control what the Raiders do and maybe that's a good thing maybe it would not be nearly as fun watching the Raiders if I were in charge so one thing where I say I don't want to be in charge of you hear me say that a lot I wish I were in charge but I'm not The one thing that I do not want to be in charge of and I want zero part of are the Oakland Raiders. Number one, because not even I could fix that dumpster fire. Number two, because it's just too fun to watch. So we're going to go ahead and something that I can control. My own fantasy draft and my own fantasy league. And I'm going to help you through the first round for sure. And then we're going to tell you the leakage and the bleeding of the first round into the second round. If If you have a pick in the latter half of the draft and can you say that the latter half or the late should you just say the later half i've never understood that term the latter when they give you an op they give you option a option b and you just say the latter i've never i've never known what that that's meant so if you're in the second half of the first round let's just go with that if you're in the second uh, half of the first round meaning and we're going to go off a 12-man league here so if you have a 10-man league the first round is going to look even better for you and uh, obviously the second round as well because there's going to be two less picks taken in each round uh comparatively so we're going to go off of a 12-man team here which is what i have personally in in my fantasy league and i don't mind sharing the secrets on these airwaves and let me tell you why because there's not one person in my fantasy league who actually listens to the crowd noise podcast so therefore my secrets are actually not given out right it's like schrodinger's cat the cat is not dead until you open the box Therefore, I have not given out any of my fantasy secrets unless someone from my league listens to this episode, which will never happen. Therefore, I haven't given out secrets to anyone except for you, lucky listener, whoever you may be. 
and wherever you may be drafting from, you have the inside scoop from the Crowd Noise Podcast. You're welcome. So let's go ahead and get right into that. Again, this is not a ranking. This is absolutely not a ranking of the top 12 players in fantasy because they would be much different from how drafts go. Because if we're just ranking straight up players, you have to take into account uh, durability, the offense, if player has a, a set holdout, or you know, there's so many different things that go in, into ranking uh, players overall, especially not even just running backs or ranking them by position, but ranking them overall. This is not a ranking. This is a semi-projection of what the first round may look like in your league based on a uh, 12-man PPR format. And this is how, from what I've seen, I've done a few mock drafts. I've seen a few mock drafts. Uh, I watched a fantasy football marathon the other day. It was uh, Monday. That was tons of fun. Um, and so this is what I assume the first round is going to go is going to look like in pretty much all leagues. Now again, it may change depending on who you have in your league and if they're a madman or a madwoman and they just don't know how to draft and they're taking Pat Mahomes in the first round and just throwing a wrench in everything. Of course, I cannot um, compensate for that. This is what a I guess civilized draft would look like. So maybe this won't help you because very uh, seldom do fantasy drafts go according to plan. So with that, uh, heed that warning. Let's go ahead and start number one first overall. This is basic. This is almost universal. Saquon Barkley, running back, New York Giants. Uh, especially if you have bonuses. If you're a league that has bonuses in your score and you have the number one pick, this is a no-brainer. This isn't like the Todd Gurley or Antonio Brown scenario of, of, of years past, where if you had the number, or Julio Jones even a few years ago, where if you had the number one pick, you were kind of in a box. You really didn't have a choice. You, quote-unquote, had to take these players. You really didn't get a choice because you couldn't leave these guys off the table and take someone over them at number one. I've never really liked picking at the first pick. Luckily, these past few years, I have not gotten the first pick because you're kind of in a box. You really don't have... Uh, the luxury of choice. You kind of have to take someone at number one. This is not like that. Saquon Barkley is the most electric fantasy player outside of Patrick Mahomes in the game of football today, especially if you have bonuses because he's a, a big play home run hitter is Saquon Barkley. So uh, he's, he's great in PPR uh, leagues as well. He catches a lot of passes. He hits a home run ball. If you have bonuses, he's only going to pay dividends for you. Saquon Barkley, definitive number one pick. I have no argument with this at all. And if I were the number one pick, I'd want to take Saquon Barkley. This is not the case where, oh, I have to take Saquon Barkley. There's no other choice. I'd rather have these guys, but I can't take them number one overall. No, Saquon Barkley is the best fantasy player uh, right now. I will say this. If Ezekiel Elliott were not holding out, or if he had reached the... And again, maybe your draft is next week or two weeks from now. This could change. And depending on the holdouts, that could change a lot. Me personally. I think Ezekiel Elliott is the best running back in football. That's just my personal opinion. And even though Saquon Barkley hits a lot of home run balls, especially if you have bonuses, that's something to consider. Um, with the contract uh, dispute, if, Zeke, if Ezekiel Elliott reached a contract agreement or he just end, decided to end the holdout, which that's not going to happen, it'd have to be Jerry Jones offering him a contract, I would take Ezekiel Elliott number one overall only because of the volume. You know the Dallas Cowboys are going to use Ezekiel Elliott 30 to 40 times a game, uh, and then you just add on top, like any 
passes that he catches are just added incentives. Uh, any bonus plays that he hits, any big plays are just an added incentive because you know that's their first option in the red zone. You know they're going to hand the ball off to him 30 times a game. The volume is just too much for me to overcome. Even with Saquon, Saquon Barkley, great player. Even if, okay, and if Ezekiel Elliott uh, did reach a contract agreement and you took Saquon over Ezekiel Elliott, I wouldn't hate you for it. I think that's you know that's a reasonable pick. I see where you're coming from. Me personally, I would say Ezekiel Elliott would be the number one pick if I had the first pick and he had to reach that agreement for. But for the time being, I would say Saquon Barkley right now is the number one pick uh, in your draft or should be number two. And these number the next two, three, four picks and really two, three, four, five picks could all be uh, interchanged. I really wouldn't have an argument in drafting these guys in different spots, but they're all going in the top five to six. I can tell you right now, if you don't have a pick in the top, in the top six spots, you are not getting an S-tier running back. I promise you that right now. And I think you need to change your, your draft strategy a little bit if you're thinking about taking a second-tier running back, uh, maybe seven to 12 or even maybe six to 12 range. You're not, those top five, those first five picks are all going to be backs. And this is why these are the. This is why it's so easy to project this year's first round of the draft because you ha, you know what half the picks are going to be. They're all going to be those S tier running backs. Number two, Alvin Kamara. How can you argue with that at number two? And that's really almost a steal at, at, at number two. Alvin Kamara, one of the best fantasy backs in the league since he came in. He now has the entire uh, workload in New Orleans. Mark Ingram going to Baltimore. Uh, Alvin Kamara getting that number one, that true number one spot. And he was the number one last year, but he did split time even still uh, with Mark Ingram. This is only going to increase his numbers and increase the volume. And New Orleans likes to spread the ball all around the field. They're very savvy in their offensive schemes. They're going to use him in the passing game. Alvin Kamara, I mean, he's, just, he's not the home run hitter that, that uh, Saquon Barkley is or even Ezekiel Elliott or maybe even Christian McCaffrey. But I think he's the perfect blend of all those players as far as volume, as far as pass catching, and as far as uh, home run balls as well. He'll get you a bonus play every few weeks. He's not a dink and dunk and it's three yards at a time type of guy. He'll get you those big plays, especially in the passing game. He's dangerous in the open field. I would take Alvin Kamara number two, and I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't have any disagreement with you if you didn't, uh, if you took him number two. I wouldn't have any grievance with that. Number three, this could be the number two pick as well, Christian McCaffrey. Uh, kind of for me, Alvin Kamara light, and I say that respectively. Um, I just, I don't know how much faith I have in Carolina's offense. They're so sporadic and so inconsistent. You don't know what you're going to get from them on a week-to-week basis. Uh, Christian McCaffrey will give you numbers consistently, but you never know when he's he's due for a big game. He'll give you consistently 15, 16, 17, 18, like upper teen numbers and then it, he'll give you um, you know the 20 point games and a cons- uh, occasional 30 point game Alvin Kamara I just think his offense is a little bit more consistent than Carolina that's just my personal it's nothing against Christian McCaffrey it's just the situation he currently has if you had the choice Drew Brees or Cam Newton who are you taking I rest my case that's number three but if you took Christian McCaffrey over and Alvin Kamara I really wouldn't have that big of an argument over it. That's just my personal preference. I would take Alvin Kamara. But I know some people would like Christian McCaffrey over Kamara. I wouldn't have a problem with that. Like I said, these first five guys are all interchangeable. They can go in any particular order. And I I really wouldn't have much of an argument uh, if you went in any different route. Number four, make no mistake about it, Ezekiel Elliott. He is dropping to an extent. 
I feel with the contract, he's a number one, number two pick. No, no chance in hell you're getting him at four, five, or six. That's with a contract. At this moment in time, he is a four, five, six, maybe seven potential, and that's really, really reaching. Even in a 12-man league, there's no way he's falling that far. Again, I feel he's the best back in football. Now, he may not be the best fantasy back or player back, whatever you want to say, but may, may not be the best fantasy back in all of football, but the volume is there. He has more volume than just about any, not just about, he has more volume than any other running back in the first round. You cannot argue with that. An opportunity equals points equals scoring. And so now he, even though he doesn't have as many home run plays as Saquon Barkley doesn't have the big 50, 40, 50, 60 yard plays, touchdowns as uh, Saquon Barkley, he has the volume and that's enough to overcome that for me. I, that's why I said earlier, I give the slight edge to Ezekiel Elliott, but at this current moment in time, you are taking a risk. If you take Ezekiel Elliott in the first three picks, I personally feel there's no way the Dallas Cowboys are letting Ezekiel Elliott sit out any games at all. He will be available week one, but until that is set in stone, you are taking a risk, but I do think it is well worth the risk. If I was in the top five picks, I would be ecstatic if I had Ezekiel Elliott fall to me at number four. That's just a fantastic pick. He's going to play. The Cowboys only go as far as Ezekiel Elliott will take them. They're not going to call his bluff. I promise you right now, no matter how far they say they are away from reaching a contract agreement, he will play week one, and you'll have the best fantasy back in football as your RB1. I'd take Ezekiel Elliott at number four. I'd probably take him in the number three even still understanding the risk right now uh number five Todd Gurley uh this is a slide and this is a legitimate slide for Todd Gurley I think the Rams are are set to take a step backward anyway and I think part of it is because of Todd Gurley in that knee injury they said he's 100 percent uh Sean McVay being they Sean McVay says he's 100 percent he'll be ready for the season but they are toning back that volume volume is a big component in drafting in the first round especially at the running back position you have to take volume into account it's why I give Ezekiel Elliott the uh, slight edge over Saquon Barkley even though Saquon Barkley I have him going number one um, I volume is a big big factor how much are they going to use Todd Gurley um, in game on a week-to-week basis especially they're going to make the playoffs the Rams are going to make the playoffs do I take them as a Super Bowl contender, no, I don't. But they will make the playoffs. They're in a winnable division. Uh, how much are they going to use them in those later weeks in the year? Uh, 13, 14, 15, even 16. Those playoff weeks. Remember, you got to take into account what's it going to look like late in the season during playoff time. You want these guys to be available. You want them to have the same volume week 14 that they had week 2. Of course, barring injury. Because you're going you're gonna to need these guys in the come postseason. You just, I mean, obviously, you need these guys to be ready to go postseason. Last year, Melvin Gordon was one of those guys who kind of flamed out, wasn't around during playoff time, and that cost a lot of teams championships. <clears throat> <clears throat> that cost a lot of teams some championships. Now, nothing against Melvin Gordon. I'm just stating the facts. Todd Gurley, I think this is a risk. Take him in at number five. But you're kind of stuck here. You can't really pass on Todd Gurley. He's going to give you numbers. He's a great player. But how uh, dependable is he going to be late into the season now here's where things start to get interesting number six and post number six um you can all the s tier running backs are gone the top running backs are, are long gone what do you do now 
Do you take a second-tier running back because that's the most quote-unquote valuable position and it's, a, it's a, uh, the most valuable fantasy position? Or do you take the best player available? And do you take the best player at his position available? That is the route that I would feel comfortable taking. Uh, I would not say it's wise to take Dalvin Cook, James Conner, um, even David Johnson. I'm really low on David Johnson this year. I'm, I'm really not a fan of him uh, in this incoming season. Would you take that second-tier guy, or would you rather have a first-tier guy at another position? And we're not talking about tight end or quarterback. We're talking about wide receiver in a PPR league. I personally would much rather have the best player at his position rather than a second-tier guy, not even the second-best player at his position, but a second-tier player at his position. Number six, I have Devontae Adams. I think the Packers will be an interesting fantasy team this year. Emphasis on fantasy. I don't necessarily think they're going to win a lot of games in Green Bay, but I do think there is a lot of fantasy value on that team, being Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, even Aaron Jones looking like he's going to take uh, that number one spot. You know how much I hate UTEP, and I'm giving UTEP some credit here. Aaron Jones is going to be the number one running back in Green Bay this year. Mark my words, he's going to be, he'll make or break your team. Aaron Jones will, because a lot of people are going to have him flying under the radar. They're not really talking about Aaron Jones, uh, especially the running game in Green Bay. Always kind of not really talked about I think this year Aaron Jones is going to take a big step forward. Uh, but talking about Devontae Adams, I think this is going to be a fantasy-friendly offense. I think they're going to throw the ball a lot, and they're really going to emphasize uh, Aaron Rodgers' talent. They're going to try and keep him happy, throw the ball as much as they possibly can. And I think Devontae Adams is going to be the first beneficiary of that pass-happy offense. I don't necessarily think the Packers will be a good team. And like I said last week, fantasy and reality like a Venn diagram. They're two different uh, there are two different things. They have some similarities, but they are very different. I th- do think the Packers will be a good fantasy team, not necessarily a good reality team. So moving on to number seven, uh, maybe the best wide receiver in the game, though not the best fantasy receiver coming into this season particularly, uh, DeAndre Hopkins at number seven. I just think it's it's incredibly hard to have repeat performances, and it's also incredibly rare. Like that's why this year I'm I'm very low on Pat Mahomes. There's absolutely no way he's going to repeat last year 50 touchdowns, 5,000. I mean, he, it, it's not going to happen. And if it does, well then I mean, kudos to you for drafting Pat Mahomes in the first three rounds. I don't see it happening. I don't see DeAndre Hopkins repeating last year's success. I actually think Will Fuller is going to be a more uh, economical option in that offense uh, for receiver I would much rather go well not much rather I mean DeAndre if I get DeAndre Hopkins I mean I'm gonna be happy he's a great player but I think Will Fuller is a more economical um I guess option for you later in rounds you don't have to spend that top tier money on uh, DeAndre Hopkins I think he's due for a step back though not a huge one not a huge step back but I do think he is going to take one step backwards that's just my personal opinion it's hard to repeat great fantasy years like that It, it rarely rarely happens uh number eight Michael Thomas, and I think this is a pretty good steal, honestly. Uh, you get the third best, uh, maybe maybe the third best uh, receiver in fantasy and has the potential this year to step up to the number one uh, receiver in fantasy. Obviously, playing with Drew Brees and Sean Payton, you're going to have a lot of opportunities to score. They throw the ball a lot in New Orleans. Uh, I think Michael Thomas is set. He had, a great, he had a great year last year. I expect him to repeat that, uh, potentially take a step forward this year now I know I just got done saying players it's rare players ever have you know back-to-back great seasons 
He was not the number one. It was DeAndre Hopkins. I don't think DeAndre Hopkins will wire to, like back-to-back number one receiver in fantasy. I think Michael Thomas will stay consistently uh, in the top three uh, for this season. I don't, I don't see a huge drop-off. And really, I think, I think he's primed for a, uh, a, a huge year this year. He could be potentially uh, what sets your team over the top. Now, number nine, Le'Veon Bell. And here's where we start getting into, I guess, the riskier territory. Right, the, no, we're not just in the back half of the draft. We're in the back of the draft. Nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Uh, Le'Veon Bell. I'm not entirely confident in this season. We have not seen him play for over a full year now. He does get a, uh, quite frankly, an inferior offense uh, coming from the Steelers and Antonio Brown, Ben Roethlisberger now to Robbie Anderson and Sam Darnold. I love me some Sam Darnold. But I just the Jets are just not, they're not the same organization as the Steelers. Hashtag analysis. They don't have the same offensive line. It's what made Sam Donald's rookie year uh, so tough on him. They don't have the same receiving core, which means it's just going to make it harder for Le'Veon Bell to break away and sneak behind defenses. Uh, I just think he's he's not going to be the Le'Veon Bell of years prior, which is still pretty good. If even if you dial that back a little bit, he's still going to be a good fantasy player. Uh, at number nine, I can't hate that pick, but me personally. I'm going to try and stay away from Le'Veon Bell if I can. I think you can find a little bit more depth at the running back position than Le'Veon Bell. You can probably find another uh, great wide receiver versus Le'Veon Bell, but if you're set on getting a running back at number nine, uh, the value is there. You can't really argue with Le'Veon Bell at number nine as far as value. I just don't know necessarily how great of a statistical season he's going to have for fantasy. Uh, We'll have to wait and see. Number 10, Odell Beckham Jr. Now, we're getting to the start. We're getting to the part where, like I said, you're taking more risks, a little bit more question marks. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr. today is already um, a report from Brown's camp. He has a hip injury. He's fine. He's, they, they, well, they said he's fine currently day-to-day. Odell Beckham Jr., I feel, is the most talented receiver in football. But he's one of the least available receivers in football, which is not a great thing, especially for fantasy. Uh, can you count on him to to be on your roster and be be available week after week after week. I don't think so. You're taking a huge risk because his history has shown he's not the durable Jerry Rice week after week. Randy Moss. I mean, you can't count on him week to week. Every, I mean, game after game. So you are taking a risk as far as injuries here. When he's on the field, he does nothing but produce. I love Odell Beckham Jr. I'm just stating the facts. He does have an injury history. He just, he does. And in Cleveland, I feel like they're going to throw the ball a lot, especially with Baker Mayfield. I think, you know, they're really going to try and utilize him and set him up for an even better year than his rookie campaign. Now they have Odell Beckham Jr. Add that with Jarvis Landry, David Njoku. I think they're really going to air the ball out in Cleveland, but you're taking a risk as far as injuries are concerned. Number 11, this may shock you. Uh, Melvin Gordon. There will be someone in your draft room, who is willing to take that risk? Because Melvin Gordon will play this year. I can guarantee you Melvin Gordon will play football this year. But obviously you are taking a risk. He is in a much, I feel, more severe holdout than Ezekiel Elliott because I don't think he'll be available week one. Whereas Zeke, I feel like he will play week one and he will be on the same team for the rest of the year. Melvin Gordon, if he does not play for the Chargers, will be traded. I feel like there's there's no way the Chargers just hang on to him and let him walk for nothing. They're going to trade him and try and get, uh, they're going to try and flip that asset for something. They're going to get something in return. So Melvin Gordon, I think, is a huge 
risk, but there is a potential for reward. And by the way, if you don't get Melvin Gordon, which you probably won't, because I mean, Melvin Gordon right now in the first round is a huge, huge risk. So if you probably don't, you're probably not going to draft him. Look for Austin Eckler. Austin Eckler should not fall past the fourth round in your league. He is the number one running back in Los Angeles right now. There's no reason why he should fall past the fourth round. Okay, and honestly, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be shocked or upset if he went in the first three rounds. There's no way he should fall past number four. No way. He's a starting running back as of right now and for the time being. Because it doesn't look like Melvin Gordon and the Chargers are getting any closer to getting that contract fixed. And just think, if you do draft Melvin Gordon, what if they do? Obviously, Melvin Gordon would be the immediate number one uh, running back for the Chargers. You have a number one running back, uh, top five fantasy back. You get him at number 11. So the, re- the risk will reward is very high. It's very high risk. Also, high reward. What if he gets traded to a win-now team? What if he gets traded to the Eagles, Melvin Gordon, or the teams that we listed a few weeks ago, the Colts, like a team that's ready to win and it's going to utilize him? You get a, a high flyer on Melvin Gordon late in the first round, but the risk is uh, well-documented. So uh, tread with caution, I should say. Number 12, the final pick of the first round, Julio Jones, the classic. I mean, how can you? I mean, can't really argue with the production or the volume for Julio Jones. My biggest issue, he just does not score touchdowns. He does not get into the end zone, does Julio Jones. That just drives me insane. I think he had three touchdowns last year, and that was an improvement on the year before. So he just does not score touchdowns, but he catches a lot of passes. He gets a lot of yards. He says he's primed for a 3,000-yard season. I say that crowd noise is primed for 14 million subscribers next month. We can all gas ourselves up. Um, I think Julio Jones is more likely to uh, get 3,000 receiving yards than I am to get 14 million subscribers, but I don't necessarily take him at his word is what I'm trying to say. Just because he says he's going to get 3,000 doesn't mean that that's what's going to happen. But I, I mean, you can't really argue with Julio Jones. He's not a bad player. He's a great player, actually. Uh, you can't, there's no argument there. So that's the first round and what it potentially will look like and probably will look like for you know, the first 12 picks. And if you have that 12th pick, again, remember, you have that first pick in the second round. Now, what do you do? If you took Julio Jones in that first round, you have a receiver. What do you do now? Do you get another receiver or do you balance out your running back core? What do you do? So now I'm going to tell you, look at all the players that are left over. If you have a pick in the back half of the first round and you miss out on Saquon, Kamara, McCaffrey, Zeke, Todd Gurley, Devontae Adams, all those guys, you miss out on the stud players, don't worry, because here are all the players that are still left over. Dalvin Cook, uh, well-documented injury history as well. I mean, he has a worse injury history than uh, Odell Beckham Jr. I mean, he's had like season-ending stuff. Odell Beckham Jr. just is out you know, for weeks at a time, and then he'll come back. He hasn't had a season-ending injury as of yet. Uh, Dalvin Cook, but when he's on the field, Dalvin Cook is easily a top-five fantasy back in football. Yes, I said it, but he has to be on the field. Um, in just two years now, he's played 13 games. So he has not played uh, anywhere near a full season. But when he's on the field, he is a difference maker. And I think he, if, if he is on the field, the Vikings are going to win that division. This is the one spot where fantasy does uh, intersect with reality. If you have Dalvin Cook and if he's healthy, your fantasy team is going to thrive. And if he's healthy, the Vikings are going to be very, very dangerous in the NFC North. So you have Dalvin Cook there. Maybe worth the risk in the second round if he took a running back already. Right. What, let's say he fall. You had the first. Uh, you had a pick in the first half of the first round. You got uh, Ezekiel Elliott, McCaffrey, Kamara, whatever. Maybe he falls to you in the second half of the second round. 
I would absolutely, without hesitation, take uh, Dalvin Cook because you already have the depth there. You already have the big dog, one of the top five backs uh, in fantasy. Then you just add to that. Any, any points that uh, Dalvin Cook gives you is just an added incentive, and it just makes you that much more dangerous. And conversely, if you were a team that had to take a wide receiver because all the running backs were gone, Dalvin Cook, easily top five back when healthy. I think it's well worth the risk there at the first pick. Then after, And you have all three of the Vikings players. You have Dalvin Cook, you have Adam Thielen, and Stephon Diggs all still available. Adam Thielen started off eight or nine games, I believe, eight or nine straight games with over 100 yards and a touchdown. To start the season last year, he had eight straight games with 100 yards and a touchdown. I mean, you can't get much more uh, consistent than that. He did, I will say this, flame out in the second half of the season, but I'm sure after that he did enough for you to get you into the playoffs already. So it's not really that big um, of a, well, it is a big drop off, but I can't hate Adam Thielen for that. He goes eight straight games, 100 yards and a touchdown. I will take that. 10 times out of 10. Uh, Stephon Diggs, another great receiver in that offense. He might actually um, get a lot of looks this year because teams are going to be focused on Adam Thielen because he had such such a great year last year. So Stephon Diggs, another option out there. Amari Cooper, another. I mean, he had a fantastic, I believe he was a top three, if not top one, fantasy wide receiver after getting traded to the Dallas Cowboys. He had two monster games. Uh, he was really consistent, but he had two games that really just, I mean, he had like a 50-point game, uh, including bonuses, uh, last year on Thanksgiving. Monster. I mean, against the Eagles, that's what it was. When he played the Eagles, it went overtime game. He had three touchdowns a game. He almost had like 300 yards. Ridiculous. I mean, Amari Cooper in the second round, I feel like that's that's some pretty good value. Antonio Brown, Mr. Big Chest himself. I mean, he's obnoxious and he's loud. He disrupts. He, uh, he destroys and disrupts franchises on the football field, but again, that's a reality. In fantasy, Antonio Brown does nothing but produce. If you get him in the second round, you cannot argue with that value. I wouldn't be mad if he went in the first round. If you get him in the second round, that, that's, that's a steal. It's quite frankly a steal. Even with Derek Carr, I think his numbers will be drawn back, but again, he's a second round pick now. You're not taking him in the top three or four or five picks. You're taking him in the second round. So even though his numbers will diminish, I mean, they're, they're just going to, playing in Oakland with Derek Carr, um, you're still going to get a top 10 receiver, I feel, in fantasy. If not top 15, and even still, again, second round. You can't argue with that value. Uh, James Conner, if he's able to slip past the first round, he's a guy that goes late first round, early second round. So he may not stick around if you're like the sixth or seventh pick in the second round. Um, but conversely, if you have one, like let's say you're number nine, you have the number nine pick in the first round, you could take the risk. And again, it is a risk because you don't know what the other guys are going to do in your draft room. Take a risk of ta- uh, drafting a receiver uh, in that first round and hopefully coming back around. You get James Conner in that second round. Number one running back in Pittsburgh. Can't really argue with that. The other one, number one in Pittsburgh, Juju Smith-Schuster. Um, you know, again, now he's the number one wide receiver with Antonio Brown, Mr. Big Chest, off into Oakland. He's going to get all that volume, that volume that Antonio Brown had last year and years prior. It's now Juju Smith-Schuster. So I don't really have the doubts on him that other teams or other, you know, quote-unquote fantasy experts have on him. A lot of people are kind of low on Juju Smith-Schuster, questioning his ability to take on that number one wide receiver role. I have no doubts. I really don't have much doubts on Juju Smith-Schuster. Great value in the second round. And here's another guy, the last huge name on here, David Johnson. In the second round, again, me personally, I'm sticking, I'm staying away from David Johnson. I just am. But you do get a number one running back uh, in the second round. 
I personally just don't. I don't think Arizona is going to be in. Uh, I don't think they're going to be in many games late, so they're going to have to throw the ball. Hopefully, and maybe now with a new offensive scheme, uh, they use him in the passing game more, which is, I mean, obviously valuable. Valuable if you're you're in a PPR league. So his value may increase from last year, but I don't think there's a huge increase, and he jumps back into the top five uh, fantasy back conversation. That's just me personally. But if you're in the back half of the second round, you really need a running back. Um, you know, you might you might get stuck with David Johnson. Even still, uh, he, he's a he's a good fantasy player. Um, I personally just I I don't see it for Arizona, and I don't think it's going to translate well for David Johnson. So there you go. There's your NFL fantasy football first round uh, guide. Now you know what to expect. You know what the first round is probably going to look like. You know what you may. You know what uh, you have to expect now for the second round. If you have that early pick in the second round, now you know what kind of a turnaround you're going to get. You might actually have a better team after the first two rounds than a guy who had the top five pick because you're going to have more depth, right? You're going to have more quality. Where that guy in the first round is going to have Saquon Barkley and he's going to have to wait for like AJ Green or something like that. So you're going to get uh, a much deeper team if you're in that second half of the draft now on to the quote of the week every week at the end of each episode we get the best quote that i heard from the previous week and we put it at the end of the show and we call it the quote of the week and we got a good one we got a good one this week i'm so excited and when i saw this quote i just got happy i was like i could this is great i couldn't wait i couldn't wait to put this on uh for the end of the show i'm so excited i get to share it with you are you ready because i'm i'm gonna do some serious back padding again as we're known for on the crowd noise podcast i call my shots and when they land i let you know i mean i i'm not i usually don't take the route of just not letting you know i was right when i was right i, I let you guys know because it's it's tons of fun i love more than anything more than anything else on this earth than to be right maybe it's not the best personality trait but that's who i am i love to be right and when i'm right I just get really happy. So here we go. Uh, quote from another certified psychic. He sees angles quicker than other people. His brain allows him to do certain things because of that. I told you guys last year, he's going to be a good one. Tony Romo on Sam Darnold. I will say this, okay? Before I go full bat padding, back padding mode, he had the worst rookie year of the big five i will i have said that before and i will say it again right now he had the worst rookie campaign of the big five being josh allen baker mayfield lamar jackson sam darnold and who am i forgetting there's another guy out oh josh rosen okay he had i would say even even uh over josh rosen i would say sam darnold had a worse year than than josh rosen and he's not even on the same team that he got drafted by and i think sam darnold played statistically worse than rosen did that's my personal opinion and even still, after all that, even after Baker Mayfield, I mean, he razzled and dazzled, broke the all-time, the rookie touchdown record. Lamar Jackson turned around an entire franchise overnight. I still remain. Sam Darnold, when it's all said and done, will be the best quarterback from this draft class. I, I just do. He's big. He, he knows how to play the quarterback position. Uh, I feel like he's the most... Uh, inclined to lead a franchise especially in that market right in in new york it's not cleveland where no one really cares what you do or what you say 
It's New York, the New York Jets. And I think, you know, Sam Darnold is more equipped to handle that scenario than really any other guy. And mind you, he did have the worst rookie year of all those five guys. But he's also the youngest starting quarterback in NFL history. I would argue he had the worst or maybe the, the least uh, amount of weapons. He had the worst receiving core by far. I mean, you can't even argue that. He had the worst receiving core by far that he inherited. Um, they've improved that now with Le'Veon Bell. Well, Le'Veon Bell's numbers, again, fantasy is not reality. Will his fantasy numbers be the same as they were in Pittsburgh? No. Will he help that offense? Exponentially so. He is going to make that offense so much uh, so much more efficient, so much more dangerous. People are going to have to respect Sam Darnold now. And I think when it's all said and done, five to ten years from now, we're still going to be talking about Sam Darnold. We're still going to be talking about Sam Darnold and his ability to lead franchise. I think he's going to be the best one when it's all said and done. We'll still be talking about Baker. He's not just going to flame out. But I think Sam Darnold will have the longevity and the success longer than any of those other guys. I think Lamar Jackson, I don't know how... I don't know how long it can last. And I say the, let's just say it, the gimmicky offense that they run in Baltimore, just running, 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 moving the quarterback around. I don't know how much longer that can last. Josh Allen, I like. He had a fantastic rookie year. Um, they need to get him some help, though. Shady McCoy, he's, he's, he's heading off to pasture. Uh, they lose Sammy Watkins. Their receiving core is not what it used to be. They need to get him some help. Uh, Josh Rosen, TBD. We don't even know if he's going to be started this year. I think Sam Donald will have the most success long term. And don't just take my word for it. Take the psychic that you actually trust. Tony Romo. Everyone loves Tony Romo, and I do too. All right? I like Tony. He's a great, great commentator. I just want to say something. I have as many psychic uh, foreshadowings as Tony Romo does, and yet Tony Romo gets his, he has a nickname. They call him Romo Domus. Where's my nickname? I had to give myself a nickname. I call myself Psychic Steve. I give it to myself. I want someone else to come up with a psychic pun, please. Um, but take his word for it. Tony Romo knows exactly what he's talking about. We've seen how many times. That's why he became so famous as a broadcaster, because he knows exactly what he's talking about. For him to say this, and that wasn't even the complete quote. There's more to that. I gave you the last two sentences. For him to give so much praise to Sam Darnold should tell you that Sam Darnold is a pro's pro. People see just the kind of potential that Sam Darnold has and what kind of longevity he'll have in the league. It's not just me, and I've been right on these things before. Even on the Crowd Noise podcast, I've had many foreshadowings and correct uh, psychic predictions because I am a psychic. I've told you this many times before. Romo, is a, he is a brother of the fraternity. He's a member of the psychic community. And if he's telling you this, and if I'm telling you this, you should start to believe what you're hearing. Sam Darnold is the truth. So is Baker Mayfield. So is uh, Josh Allen. I still think Josh Rosen will be good as well. But just know, Sam Darnold, when he's the best three or four years from now, I don't want to hear anyone saying, see, we told you so, because it was, no, see, I told you so, as long as Tony, as well as uh, Anthony Romo. Um, that's going to take us to the... Uh, the end of the Crowd Noise podcast this week. I appreciate you guys sticking around. I really do. I know it's been a rough couple of weeks or months, really, in the summer. There's not too much going uh, going on, but we're back, okay? Football, we have our college football preview next week. The week after that is our one-year anniversary. 
We're going to be doing our college football playoff predictions. And a week after that, we got week one of the NFL. We have some fun stuff coming up, ladies and gentlemen. Cannot wait. The year two. It's been... And I hate cliches. I really, really hate cliches. When I go to family barbecues and stuff like that, and I hear the, the, the cliche, when are you going to stop growing? Like all the, the cliche, I hate cliches in sports. I hate cliches in life. But this year has gone by so fast. It's unbelievable. I feel like just a few weeks ago we were talking about we were talking about college football a few weeks ago, right? And we were picking games. We did the three picks a week or whatever, and it was, it, it, it's unbelievable. And I can't wait for year two. It's going to be even better. Okay, I promise you that it's going to be much more fun. It's going to be twice as good because we're in year two now. It's going to be twice as good. I cannot wait. So stick around for that. Next week, we are officially in our college football playoff, our college football preview, then our college football playoff preview. We're going to have tons of fun. Okay, I cannot wait. I thank you, and I appreciate all of you for sticking along, uh, or sticking around for this long, and not even just this long for the year. I mean, just this long for this episode. I appreciate that. Uh, I will talk to you guys uh, next week.